Hey, New Life Church. Hello, Arkansas. I'm looking forward to today. We're going to get into the Word, and we're also going to be taking communion together. So we're about to go into worship, but I want to ask all of you to go and get a little bread, maybe a cracker, and some juice, and get ready, because before all this is done, we're going to take communion, and we need it right now. What's going on in our nation and all over the world with the pandemic and then watching the news, you can just see the hate. You can see it in churches too sometimes. It's very discouraging. You certainly see it during a political year. You can see it with racial tension. I know of no better way to deal with the pain in the world, the pressures of life, than in worship even while we take communion. So with that in mind, let's worship him with all of our heart, soul, and strength. The lion of 
you to always remember it's in the moments of worship where the Lord can guide you. And oh, how we need that right now. For an example, the vision for our church in the fall as a pastor, I feel the responsibility to get this right. And so we all got together, a lot of the pastors on our staff, and we sought him with all of our heart. And man, when the Lord showed us how to do the fall semester, how to do the fall vision of our church, the last portion of our year, it helped us so much because we have some people who are here on a digital campus. Some people are back into the brick and mortar campus. Some are in and out. Some want to be involved in a life group. You know how important that is to us. If you've been a part of our church for any amount of time, you know we want you to grow in your relationship with God and with one another. So we decided to do the life of Christ. So here's what's happening. In the fall, starting right around mid-September, uh, we're going to be doing videos, three-minute videos, each and every day for all of you from a teacher in our church, Mark Turnage, who is going to describe the life of Christ. This is what we're going to do, the life of Christ, all the red ink and all the story of Christ. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, each and every day given to you where everyone in your family, whether you have a teenager, a college student, whether you're an older person or a younger person, whether you're a person on a digital campus or someone in a building, whether you have a large small group that you go to, or if your small group is your family, we're going to all know exactly what to do because we're developing this for this specific season. And then on the weekends, whether it's right here or in a building that you attend, one of the campuses that you drive to, we're going to be teaching every weekend on the life of Christ according to the portion of Scripture that we just read or the portion of Scripture that we're about to read. Why? Because I know as a pastor, we have to disciple one another. So that's the vision of the fall. It was a breath of fresh air when the Lord showed us what to do. But I'm asking for all of you to get ready to be committed with this because I think we can finish strong in 2020. But today... I want to talk to you about how to be blessed in the fight. I'm going to be talking about Jacob. Jacob, he was a manipulator. He was a deceiver. He was a trickster. His name even means that. But one day, everything changed while he was fighting God. In the story I'm about to read to you, there were 400 people hunting him down to kill him because people had enough of it. Maybe right now it seems like all of life is coming at you and the tension around that is just driving you crazy. But if you'll look at the life of Jacob, you'll see that everything can change around because most of our internal fights really should be an eternal fight. The Bible even says we don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against principalities. And what the Lord really wants us to do is to fight to be in a relationship with Him. So it might be happening in your life right now where you're fighting for joy, but you can't get it. You're fighting because of your financial situation, but you can't get peace. So you're fighting because of the emotional state that you're in. You're discouraged or maybe with a relationship. It might be related to your dreams. Maybe you failed a lot recently and it's causing you to want to fight, but you're not necessarily fighting 
for your relationship with the Lord. Here's what I know. The Bible has a lot of pages to it, a lot of words, 1,000 pages in the average Bible. Why is there so much material? Because he kept fighting to redeem relationships. Because he loves people. And it took some time to reach us because we're always running away. If I would have written the Bible, it would have been, I found them in their nakedness and I smote them and it was over the end. I'm out because I don't have the grace like my Lord does. So here's what I know. If you don't know how much he loves you, you're not going to fight for that relationship. Thus you have Jacob. So I'm going to pick up the story where it all changed for him just to give you a brief moment of what it's all about. Jacob is running away from his brother and he's in a place where he meets God and he wants to quit and then he changes his mind and everything is different. Let's pick up the story. Genesis 32 verse 22. It says, That night Jacob got up and he took his two wives... Okay, just let me be clear. Uh, some of you might be thinking, what kind of church is this? We don't support this. But I do know if you have more than one wife, this is also what's going to happen. And his 11 sons. <laughs> sons. And in fact, he might have had 11 daughters too. I, I don't know. I should have looked that up. But this is what happens after that. Then he crossed the Ford. Now, some of you have four trucks like you're into it. And here it is right there. It's a biblical truck, but it probably got stuck because only ram trucks can really make it through uh, deep mud and water. And But they honestly, it, the fact that he had 11 sons, he was probably in a 15-passenger van, but this is what's happening right there at the Ford. And then it says, for the Jabbok, in verse 23, after he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all of his possessions... So Jacob was left alone. So he's away from his people. He's away from his loved ones. He's away from his enemies. And he's even away from his possessions. And he's alone. Here's what I've noticed. Sometimes God has to isolate you to heal you. And in fact, the best work that the Lord has ever done in my life is when I felt very alone even lonely, because it was then that I was desperate to hear from God. And that's what's happening right here. God does his best work when we're alone. And then sometimes he doesn't hardly do anything when we're at our best. But the next part of the verse says, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Now, most theologians do not believe this was a man. They believe it was a Christophany or a theophany. A Christophany is an Old Testament appearance of Christ. A theophany could be like an angel. Uh, we do know that he refers to this man that we keep talking about as God later on, so it was certainly a representative from heaven. But let's pick up this story in verse 25. And when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Now, I know that God doesn't want to inflict pain and destroy your life, 
But one thing he does want to do is change the way you walk, especially when you're moving away from what he wants. So it says, Then the man, which was God, at least a representative of God, said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. Meaning God was like in this thing with him. They were kind of having some tense moments. And it was like the Lord could tell that he wasn't open. So he says, I'm out. I'm, I'm going to go look for someone else who wants me around. That's basically what, this, what is happening here. He said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, and this is where it all changed. Jacob replied and he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. Listen, I don't know how your life is going right now. There's no way I can measure all of it. But something changes whenever you're at a place where I'm not letting go until the Lord blesses me. Like I want you more than I want anything else. That's what's happening to this man right here. It's basically, it's reflective of the way that you'll worship. I used to have a dog years ago named Ginger, and uh, she was cute. Uh, she was a Datsun, and man, she loved me. So when I would take friends over to the house, I would always say, listen to this. And before I would go into the house, Ginger could tell by the sound of my car if it was me. So Ginger would start running all just running all over it. And I would say, listen, that's my dog. And then when I would open the door, Ginger would jump and scream and yell, just so happy to see me. I said, Ginger, Ginger, Ginger. Arr, arr. It was just such an incredible relationship to have a dog that loved me like that. Who wants a pet that just stares at you? Used to have Rudy, our dog. We had it for a while, and Rudy never liked me. Rudy liked Michelle, but not me. If I got too close to Rudy, Rudy would turn upside down and pee all over me. It was a real tough relationship. Who wants a dog like that? Who, who wants a dog that when you walk in, it's just like, whatever. Basically, that's not a dog anyway. That's a cat. That's, that's a cat. Okay. But some of you, the way that you show up for church, it's like a cat. It's like, oh, I don't know if I want to be here. I don't know if the Lord really cares about me. It's kind of boring. Let's get through the worship. These preliminaries. Teach me the word. Better be good. Better say something funny. Like there's just no striving for a relationship with God. Well, Jacob, he decided he wasn't going to live that way. So the Bible says the man, God, he asked him. He said, what is your name? Now, this is huge because what God really wanted to know is, what's, what's the beef here? Like, what's really happening in your life? And then Jacob, he got real. He said, I'm, I'm Jacob. That's my name. But he was talking about all of the mistakes that he had made. I'm a trickster. I'm a deceiver. I'm a manipulator. I'm always fighting to, to get things that I shouldn't even have. 
That's the way I got my inheritance. That's the way I plowed through life. I'm just, I'm, I'm a fraud. But basically, he's just being as real as he possibly can. Then the man said, God, this is what he does. When you get honest with him, this is the results, man. And the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob. Like I know up until now, that is the way that you've seen yourself. And I know the condemnation that goes with that. I know the shame. And it's really hard to get started again when you think of yourselves that way. But I want you to know that me and all of heaven, we're not going to call you that anymore. We're going to call you Israel. We're changing your name right now, meaning God prevails now. That was his new name. Not the name trickster, not the name hill grabber, not the name deceiver, but we're changing your name right now to the one who prevails. Like, I'm not going to see you that way anymore because you've gotten honest with me. And speaking of that, it says, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please. Now, this is Jacob now. God has changed his name. He's starting to get some momentum. But now he wants to know the conditions. This is what we do. Okay, Lord, I'm all into this, but... What are the conditions around here? So this is what he says. He says to this man, this theophany, this angel, this representative of God, and he says, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Like, why do you need to know what I'm up to and what I'm doing? He just didn't really want to go there to all the conditions. Like, here's all that I want from you. Here's what I'm working on. No, he just wanted to stay in that moment. Like I'm changing your heart, the way that you walk, your entire life. I'm rescuing you. I've always wanted to be in a relationship with you. Why can't we just settle on that for now? I'll get to the conditions later on. And then the Bible says, and this is where it changed. Then it says, then he blessed him there. He's always trying to bless you. And he wants to know that you love him. He wants to know that you're pursuing after him. And when it finally happens, because some of you have a hard heart, and when it finally happens, you'll remember it for the rest of your life. I can remember the different moments where I've encountered God that still influence me to this day. Look what happened to Jacob. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. I don't know about you, but I'm not that good at fighting. You know, I've, I've only been in really one fight in my life. I do remember when I was in the seventh grade, I asked my mom to get these blow-up boxing gloves. I called Jeff Moody over to the house, and I thought, man, these are cool. They're, they're very protected uh, from your hands, so you could probably get hit. It won't hurt that much. And so I hit Moody hard. I hurt him. I can hit. But then Moody hit me. And he hit me so hard that the air <laughs> in this glove just exploded. And so his real fist hit me in the head. And that's why I made the decision. I'm not a fighter. I don't, I don't mind hitting people, but it just hurts too much to get hit. Fast forward, when I was in college, I was at this event. We'll just leave it there. And this guy was just bugging me. 
So I was sizing them up like this might be the first time I might. It's time to go to. It's time to go to war. I'm. I'm gonna fight this guy. He was driving me crazy, and so I just. I told him. I said, I'm about to hit you. You need to shut up. And he said something else. Said, Serious. I'm about to hit you. And he didn't shut up. And so I hit him hard. Well, that brother. He came in me like a crazy man. He was hitting me so many times that I ended up with two black eyes, which is the maximum amount you can have. And then this other guy felt so sorry for me that he came in and started beating up that guy. So the only fight that I've ever been in, I came in third place. So I'm just not that good at it. Some of you are great at fighting, but I'm going to tell you right now, We've got to win this fight in our pursuit after God. So how in the world do you do it? Because until you have that moment, your relationship's just going to be shallow. So here's how you do it the wrong way. And then we're going to take communion the right way. Number one, here's the wrong way to fight. Fighting for our past. Like a fight with our past. It's a fight with our past involved. Uh, Boudreaux, just to tell you about Boudreaux, Boudreaux was studying these insurance policies and he realized that most automobile accidents happen within two miles of his house. So that scared him. So he moved. (laughs) Oh, gosh. So that didn't work. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So this is what a lot of you do, though. You, you, you find a problem, and you just keep moving on, just trying to get away from the Lord. But these things are going to go with you. At the beginning of 2020, we all said, this is the year of vision, year of vision. We're going to have a lot of vision this year. And then the pandemic hit. And within a few months, everybody was thinking, I just want it to be like it was last year. Man, I wish it was like it was last year. I'll catch myself seeing moments of where crowds of people are together, whether it's a worship service or some event. It's like, gosh, I want to go back. Be very careful with that. In Luke chapter 9 and verse 62, Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. What I've noticed in 2020 is when we start looking back, like, I wish it was the way it was before. That's not vision. That's a direct look at your past. And I just want to tell you, it's not a healthy place to live. So I found something in a verse in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 29. And some of you, your past, man, it gives a lot of attention to you because you've made some huge mistakes. And so you're always looking at it. Look what I did. Look who I am. And some of you, there's a lot of accolades back there. And so it's fun to look at at my achievements. But how's it going in your relationship now? In Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 29, it says, But if from there, I'd never seen that before. But if from there, not sure how many mistakes that you've made, in your life, but if from there, I'm not sure how it's going in your marriage right now, but if from there, I don't know how many drunken nights you've had in your life, but if from there, if if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all of your heart 
and with all your soul. I've done so many weddings through my life, and there's always one part at a wedding where you say, from this day forward. When we pray for people after they give their heart to the Lord, it's always, from this day on, I'm going to serve the Lord. So I know you have a past. Maybe you serve the Lord strongly in the past. Maybe you've made a lot of mistakes in your past. But from this day forward, I was studying about ancient, the ancient Olympics. And uh, when they started the Olympics, the one who really won the Olympics was the one who finished with their torch still lit. It wasn't the one who finished first. It was the one who still had the light when they finished. This is exactly what I think the Lord wants to do inside of us, like for us to run in such a way that we just we finish strong. It's he who endures to the end shall be saved. One more verse about this. Isaiah 43. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Here we are. This is where your fight is. I'm trying to get you out of that. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? That word perceive, I was looking it up this week in the Hebrew. It means, do you want to see it? Like I'm trying to do a new thing. Do you want to see it? Or are you discriminating against the new thing that I'm trying to do? You just want to settle in the way that you think you are, like Jacob for years thought he was just a deceiver, would always be a deceiver? Or will you see the new thing that God wants to do? Another wrong way to fight is a fight while pretending. This is what Jacob was doing for a long time, and the Lord had enough of it because he can't work with that. It's like you draw near to him, he draws near to you, but it says draw near to God with a sincere heart, not pretending. My mom and dad, they had a very uh, difficult marriage. They're both serving God now with all of their heart, but man, their marriage struggled. And I remember on Saturday nights, before we'd go to church on Sunday morning, they would be arguing so much that I would try not to hear it. I would cover my ears or put pillows over my head so I didn't hear it. That's the way I would fall asleep on Saturday nights. But then on Sunday mornings, we would get in the car and go to church. And I noticed that when we got to the church, even though we might have argued all the way there, when we got to the church doors, we would look at each other like, okay, we're walking in. It's time to wear the mask. It, it's time to fake it. This is the way Jacob lived his entire life and then one day decided, I'm not going to live like that any longer. And in fact, if you're trying to accomplish things while you're pretending, it's never going to give you the joy that you want. It's kind of embarrassing for me, but my son, Tanner, he was, he was good at basketball when he was a young kid. And there's this league, upwards ball. It's a Christian league. And every year he was always on the worst team. So the last year that he could play, I told him, I said, son... Uh, if you don't do so well today in the tryouts, they'll put you on a better team and you'll win a lot of games. I just said that. So he's looking at me like, what do you mean? 
but he figured it out. So when he tried out that day, he didn't try as hard. Well, man, they put him on a team that was great, and they were winning all the games. But I never enjoyed it because I knew it was it wasn't real, like it was it was fake. It was it was fraudulent. I, I set my son up to to lie. I wasn't sincere. I, I, I repented about that so many times in, in my, my life because I was teaching my son how to cheat as a pastor on staff. Your pastor, you need to get out of this church now. Your pastor did that. Look at this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2 says, we refuse to wear masks. Some of you mask haters are going to love this verse, but it's not talking about the mask you have on your face. It's talking about the way you fake your relationship with God. It says, or play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes, and we don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open. The fight can't be pretending. And then number three, another wrong way to do it, is when you fight with a hard Heart. This is what the Bible says about Pharaoh in the Old Testament that his heart was hardened. Like the Lord was trying to move in his life, showed him a lot of miracles. So many different things were happening, but he hardened his heart. He would not listen to God or God's people. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 7 says, That is why the Holy Spirit says, Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. I can see this in one place more than anywhere else. It's in worship. You can just see. I ain't moving. I'm not going for him. Hard heart. These are the same people that will go to a football game. I was at Miracle on Markham. You Razorback fans, y'all were going crazy. I saw a 300-pound guy running up and down the steps without even breathing hard. My dear friend, Paul Ills, who was a member of our church, he was going crazy up in the booth. He texted me, and I looked at him. He's going nuts, people running around. It was one of the worst days of my life. Two Hail Mary passes, and y'all beat LSU. It was a crying shame, but I saw you guys going crazy for football. But when it comes to God, I ain't doing nothing. It's a hard heart. Why not just say, Lord, if you want to do something in my life, I'm open to it. Man, you can really see it in worship. One time many years ago when I was raising my kids, before we take communion together, I was raising my kids and I was lifting up the cushion on the couch. And when I did, there was chewed bubble gum underneath that cushion, just in lots of places. It was so nasty. And so I said, kids, come down right now. So they all came. I asked, who did this? I shouldn't have done it because I knew who it was. I knew for sure it was Hunter. But I said, who did this? And my sweet little daughter, Grace, raised her hand. And she said, Daddy, that was me. 
And I was like, that's okay, baby. I'll put some gum in there with you, <laughs> whatever. I just, I immediately wanted to forgive her because her heart was just so childlike. And she was so honest with me. And she didn't fake it. And she didn't have a hard heart. She was just right there in a sincere way, letting me know that she was sorry she disappointed me. That's not a hard heart. That's the kind of heart a father wants to be around. That's the kind of heart that God is looking for in you. Not someone who's dwelling on the past, not someone who's pretending, and certainly not somebody who says, I'm not letting you in, God. This is ironclad right here. So today, since there's so much tension in our nation and in our lives, I just preached on that about a month ago. I thought we would take communion together and see what the Lord wants to do in our life. Uh, the Bible says if you would take a piece of bread, we're about to go into worship, and then I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing over you. But he took a piece of bread and he held it up, and he said, this is my body. And whenever you eat it, I want you to remember me, like my goodness, my love, some of you, you haven't ever given your heart to the Lord. You're not right with God right now. And I can't think of a better year to settle that, to get right with God than in 2020. Would you be honest about that? Maybe you've never committed your life to Christ. That's what the Bible says, to repent, to confess that He's Lord, to turn from your ways, to confess your sins and that He is Lord. If you've never done that, I want to pray for you. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Either way, on the night that he was betrayed, take a piece of bread, if you will. He held up a piece of bread. He said, this is my body. And when you eat it, do it while you remember me. Lord, I thank you for everyone who is trying to commit their lives to you right now. We repent of the way that we lived in our past. We repent for the way that we pretend, and we repent for having a hard heart, and we turn toward you. The one thing that Jacob didn't know was how much you loved him. And when we pursue you, that's what we find out. In Jesus' name, amen. And that night, they ate the bread. Let's eat. And then afterwards, he held up a cup and he said, this is my new covenant. This is my grace. Like, you're going to need a lot of grace. But people need grace from you too. Wow, there's ever a season where we need to forgive others. This is it. So that night, he held up the cup and he said, every time you drink this new covenant, this grace, please remember me. And they drank. Lord, I do want to thank you for the way that you pursue after us. And when we're a deceiver, you still love us. And as we worship you right now, Lord, I pray that everyone with a hard heart or a bad past 
for those pretending that they're going to connect with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship together right now.
if you have a hard heart at times or maybe you fake your relationship at times, but I hope during that worship moment, you were able to settle that. If not yet, just stay around worship as much as you can. Another way that God asks for us to worship Him is the way that we give, that we have a giver's heart. Some of you have lost your job and you're not able to, to give financially or maybe you're busy at work and so you can't give your time. But I do wanna say, if you've lost your job, no worries. We'll be faithful for you in this time. New Life Church, we're focused right now. We see the goal. We see what God is up to. We see what City Serve is doing. And so all of our people are just faithful in giving. Like they can't wait to give. I've seen that in this season more than any other time. And it's encouraging to me as a pastor and as a giver as well. So each and every week we always pray the prayer blessing over all of you right there in your home or in your car, wherever you may be. And just take your hands if you're not driving right now and open them up before God. If you are at home, you're welcome to close your eyes, maybe put your arm around your spouse or a family member, but let's pray. Lord, I thank you for being with us. We learned about Jacob today, but we also learned about ourselves. God, we ask for you to move right into our homes. Lord, that vehicle that we're driving in right now, Lord, be a part of us as we're going to wherever we are trying to get to. Lord, I thank you that your word is alive and active and trying to change us. And I thank you, Lord God, that you're directing our paths. You're telling us to go to the left or to the right. You're teaching us to trust you. We have the heart that says this. For me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. You're blessing us, Lord God. And we know that you want us to be blessed. You want us to be lenders and not borrowers, above and not beneath. We want to be people who your face is shining upon us. Lord, I thank you that we're people when we read your word, that we don't fall asleep, that we get energy from it. We get the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the power in your name from your word because you're real to us. So we thank you for being a part of our church. Lord, please bless the other churches in this region as well. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks a lot, New Life Church, and we'll see you again next week.